0: Okay. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 86 of The Third Rule. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron.
1: And I'm your other host, Hamish.
0: And today we are joined by Catherine Wilson. How are you doing, Catherine, and would you like to introduce yourself?
2: Hello, everybody, and thanks for having me, guys. So I am Catherine Wilson, originally from Northern Ireland, now based just outside London. Within the M25? No, not really. I'm based in Buckinghamshire, which is a, a nice enough commute. It was nicer during lockdown to commute to London, but now it's a bit major again and I'm not really excited about that. I am a broadcaster and DJ and I've been doing both of those things for over 10 years now, so I absolutely love it.
0: Yeah, I don't know if we we recorded the beginning bit where we talked about where I live inside the M25, but Mm. half of our viewers know that anyway, so they'll probably probably understand the reference. And you were were actually a a call out slash nomination from Esme as well.
2: Yes, yes. My fellow presenter.
0: Yeah. How do you know each other? Is that just through the network kind of thing?
2: Just through the internet, the wonderful world of the internet, making friends on the internet.
0: Yeah, awesome. So yeah, we normally start off just like, so you mentioned Nay, how you're like a TV presenter slash radio broadcaster. I guess the kind of similar kind of questions I asked me, Like, how did you like
2: get into that? So I really started in radio in Northern Ireland. I worked for two of the biggest radio stations there. Did the overnight shift, the graveyard shift. Then did the prestigious breakfast show. So I've, I've kind of done the whole thing and I've been doing it for so long now. I just adore it because it's so different. Like everything's multimedia now, but radio and like podcasting and just audio is still the ultimate intimacy. It's how you talk to people, how you paint stories. And they could be listening to you when they're, you know, in the bath, driving their car. They've just got some good news. They've just got bad news. And it, it all, it's just, I love it so much more than like visual. It's, it's so intimate. How did I get into it? Really knocking a lot of doors. And I know that's really annoying to say, just persisting, not giving up, not taking rejection as anything other than a redirection Yeah. as well. So
0: that seems to be like a bit of a, yeah, a common theme from the presenters we've had on the show. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just a thing with the industry that you have to kind of,
2: I think it's the same with a lot of creative fails, isn't it? Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah, I agree. The graveyard shift. So that's, I'm guessing that's the, the overnight one.
2: Yes. Two to Six.
0: 2 to 6, okay. 2
2: a.m. to 6 a.m. I do not miss that. <laughs> <laughs> is that what they, so
0: that was at the start of your career, I'm guessing? Yeah,
2: yeah. So that's how they kind of get you warmed up.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, is that like for like people starting out normally?
2: Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, not that you have free reign to say whatever you want, but they they kind of find out if you're safe on the graveyard shift because what goes on in your head when everybody else is asleep? What are the was th- it what's the content you create? Yeah. What is the you know what is your mindset? You can only listen to so much Rihanna and Lady Gaga before you go <laughs> gaga.
0: <laughs> <laughs> can you can you
1: swear at those times like on radio? I thought you could. I thought you could swear off to Lightline.
2: No, no because it's a commercial radio station so they were it was all about selling the ads, selling McDonald's ads, selling sorry.
1: At 3 a.m.? I didn't really
2: say brands are, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, because people are getting their breakfast at 3 a.m. People are finishing work, starting work. You got the wonderful people. You got callers ringing in. You know, they've just had their heart broken, or you, you get people ringing in being like, I've just had a baby. Like, it was surreal, but an amazing training ground.
0: Yeah, the 9, the 9 p.m. thing it's talking about is TV, Hamish, I'm pretty sure like TV channels is that I just think TV? after 9pm can show like yes, films which yes.
2: swear words and all that off allows it yeah. yeah isn't that what it is
0: I think so maybe I'm not Watershed. sure. You, you Watershed know, you know it's called yeah, the Watershed, Watershed. Watershed. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah yeah, you're allowed to see a little bit of sexiness
1: okay I was gonna say then isn't like Capital One Extra or something like where they swear throughout most of it or they play more explicit music
2: it could be but I think Capital Extra is like a DAB station isn't it so you're like not listening to that on FM it will be actually tuning into DAB. I don't know if it's a different regulation or something. So what's too DAB
1: sure. for us non-radio folks?
2: Digital radio. So oh, okay. it's different to FM because FM you just tune into, whereas DAB, you have to have the internet in your car.
1: Oh, I see.
2: I think.
0: So radio was something that I would, we would always listen like in a car journey to school, like growing up and all that. But since radio hasn't really been something i've been listening to like you if you go in the car with friends or something you might just plug in your spotify and stuff like that mm-hmm. has that made the industry like pretty tough i don't know everyone it's, it's going to be people listening to the radio but i don't know if Absolutely. it's like decrease or whatever
2: I, do you know what a lot of people have asked this you know is is radio a dying trend yes and no is what i would say but i know whenever i first started in radio someone once told me you want to you want to speak about things because you're not just saying this is that was you know Here's another song. You want to create content and you want to say things that people think about when they're brushing their teeth. Okay. I know that's a really weird thing to say, but what do you think about when you brush your teeth? You're going to think about me the next time you brush your teeth, just so you know.
1: I'm I'm, I'm I'm thinking, uh, is my tooth clean?
2: That annoying Northern Irish girl, what was she on about? Like... (laughs)
0: now you've said it I probably am yeah and
2: I think that's you know if you've made an impact on someone's life and they like laugh halfway through brushing their teeth because they've remembered it's something you said that was funny something you said that was like you know a story that you told them a journey you took them on like telling them about how you got a flat tire today but you said it in a really like engaging creative you know entertaining way they're gonna remember that so it's like it's it's you know what it's storytelling it's like hmm. how we listen to stories in songs on the radio
0: to be fair though if i'm brushing my teeth and i start laughing and toothpaste goes everywhere I, w- I won't be a fan <laughs> i was gonna say you will
1: start choking as well because like you you mess up your breathing pattern and you'll be like
2: ah <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially but, yeah. if it's an electric toothbrush or...
1: <laughs> yeah so the cooler call
0: call-ins as well you mentioned there like people calling mm. in saying like they had a heartbreak story or having a baby but is that something you've when you've been presenting that's been a part of your shows
2: well do you know what if a listener has like feels connected to you enough that they just think you're someone on the radio but you're a friend to them and they feel like ringing you in the middle of the night that's kind of cool like because yeah. i find that really cool that people would want to do that it baffles me that they want to but
0: what's like the funniest i don't know if you can even share it or What's kind of like one of standout kind of stories
2: i just i used to have like the same people ringing in every night being like you oh, know like regulars Oh yeah, like and they they would be these farmers out in their tractors, or they'd be these people that work in like chicken and meat factories, and because that's a huge thing in Northern Ireland, like there's loads of like chicken farms. And <laughs> uh, not that that's a good thing, but there were so many workers there, and they worked through the night. And it's a whole other world of people. A lot of people work when we sleep.
0: Yeah, you don't really think about it, do you? Mm, no. Back like during, I guess, school days, mm. was it like? you just kind of listening to the radio that kind of made you think oh yeah this is something i could do or like watching things on tv and thinking oh yeah that's that's what i want to do
2: yeah well i just didn't shut up in school <laughs> i always had i always had that problem with like concentration like and that was continuously on my school reports catherine needs to settle down focus and look after her work and stop talking like that was always the thing and the irony is that i was bullied for my voice in school because I was an only child, when I got into school, I was loud. I was annoying. I was so excited to be around other people. I just never shut up. And I was bullied because I was just so loud. Isn't it mad? I, and I often think we do get bullied on about things that are our actual like power, like our main amazingness of who we are as a person. Like It's, it's my talent now. It's how I earn a living. So it's quite mad, really. I was bullied for that.
0: Oh, if anything, I got bullied because I was short, but I wouldn't call that my power.
2: To be <laughs> it might make you funnier. Who knows? You know, maybe,
0: maybe God couldn't bless me with everything. You know? the, <laughs> <I know>. uh...
2: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> hey,
0: hey Vish, uh, what, uh, what, uh... did you get bullied for anything? I'm kind of making this as a joke, but it's not like it's yeah, quite yeah. deep. I know, I
1: like... I I'm trying to think like, did I, There, I did actually get bullied a bit for YouTube when I started a YouTube channel back then, but I continued. So. I don't know. I didn't make money from it. I didn't make
0: money from it, but <laughs> <laughs> If that YouTube channel grew up to be like really massive, then I think you could use that as a bit of a, yeah, bit of bit your superpower. But uh, not sure. But yeah, cool. So in Northern Ireland, so that's what you were doing then. Mm. How did that like progress from there?
2: If I'm being completely honest, I got as far as I could in Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland. I'm sure you might know is a bit of a, because it's so small and it's such a strange part of the UK that often gets forgotten about, especially when it comes to things like Brexit. (laughs) They have a very, like, I was too young. So I was too young to get any further in my career at my age. And I was constantly getting those. And I thought that all, you know, the old story of like, I want to move to England to see if I can... You know, do better in my career, and I'm gl- I'm glad I did it. I did it three and a half years ago now, and I have achieved quite a lot. So, I'm um, it's the best thing I ever did. Because there's no more small mindedness. Yay!
0: <laughs> what was too young for like to break through in Northern Ireland?
2: i my early twenties, so I'm 32 now, and I look young as well. And I felt fi- I was about I to say
1: like, like 32.
2: <laughs> Thanks. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah you don't look 32. <laughs> Thanks. Um, and that almost like that was. That like put me in a bad situation. Like that's such a weird thing to say, but because I looked so young, I looked in inexperienced.
0: No, I get the feeling I've got I've got a beard now, but when I didn't have a beard, oh, it, it was tough. <laughs> it was tough times.
2: Because you know I've been doing radio for ten years now, and when I tell people that, they're like, "How old are you? Like what?" So I dislike that feeling of like looking young and looking inexperienced. Whenever I've, you know, I've I've paid my dues, as I said, I did the graveyard shift, so <laughs> yeah, I've, I've I've done it for a while now. But moving over here is brilliant because you can do a lot more, a lot younger. If I went back to Northern Ireland, I'd probably get like a management position because of the the experience. Things I've uh, yeah yeah the things the I've done here, but working with big brands, that's all what they all want, isn't it?
1: I was going to ask, did you go to uni?
2: No, I didn't. I've done bits of training, but like, I I wanted to be a pilot when I left <laughs> okay. school. So
0: an airplane pilot,
2: like a genuine like, pilot. Yeah. I was like wanting to join the RAF. Like I don't know why that was in my head, and yeah, my my life just took a completely different direction, and I'm glad it did because I can't imagine being a pilot now. Don't know why that was ever an idea.
0: You could speak over the pilot can sometimes speak to the passengers. You know, just do you ever get ones them. that don't shut up though? I haven't been on a plane. I don't know. I don't know if I. <laughs> I don't think I have. No, but I can imagine that being really annoying. To be honest, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why do you think that'd be
2: like you? <laughs> no, I just, it, yeah, that probably would be me. To be honest, <laughs> because uh, basically, like, what the, a lot of their job is is like uh, using a computer. You know, they're not really interacting with people, and I feel like that would be my worst nightmare now. Looking back at on it.
0: I see. That's just uh, that's me and Hamish, pretty much, apart from this podcast. <laughs>
2: But, um <laughs> yeah. I think you like people, you like you like working yeah, yeah, but
0: we're actually we're computer scientists by right. by trade by day, mm. so uh,
2: you like to sit in a wee room and
1: just uh yeah, yeah the stereotypes isn't it? I think yeah. no, I think lockdown made that worse, like I enjoy yeah. being with friends, I wouldn't say I like being out in public spaces, I'd like I like being in private settings with friends,, mm. but yeah, then, like the podcast makes it look like we're very social because we you know have a guest on every week or something, but in reality, <laughs> we're just like. We don't really branch out our friend group apart from the podcast. <laughs> that's that's not too bad though. Eight, like I don't know if you think about it, eight, I don't
0: know, eighty-six people we've had. Let's say we knew fifty of them before. There's still like thirty-six people we've met fairly recently, which is quite. It's cool.
2: like the best networking ever. Yeah. It's not awkward. It's not like networking is horrendous. Mm. And I'm mm-hmm. a sociable person. I like meeting new people. But this is a great way because, like, you know, you never know what will happen in your life and. You could need you could need it. me. And I've just recently become a wedding celebrant, so I can marry your ass if you want to get married.
0: Oh,
1: have you?
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> at some point in my life I'd like to do a wedding. Oh, I thought you said you were gonna kinda wanna get married now. I was like, what? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Is there a girl you haven't told me about?
0: Yeah. At some point I'd wanna i I think I'd like to do a wedding, you know?
2: You'd like to officiate offic- a wedding. Officiate, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the, uh, Have you done one or have you just become? No.
2: So basically lockdown, I hate, I hate to bring it up, but I, cause I was a DJ, I was DJing three and four nights a week until COVID hit. And obviously that went out the door. So I had to like knuckle down and think, how on earth am I going to make money? So I thought long-term, I want to do more presenting, but a different style. So I've I applied for my license to be a uh, wedding celebrant. So.
1: so do you get to say your own thing?
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's I'm a, I'm a humanist celebrant, which is like humanism. So they don't they don't it's it's not it's non religious.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So you you just talk about the couple, you completely write their own love story. There's no you know, there's nothing religious based. It's just this is the law, this is what you have to do to be married, this is how you met, this is how you feel about each other, it's so romantic, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So, yeah. Would it's you do it cool. for
0: like a friend, like someone you knew, or would you have to be for I was asking for a friend in it. No, I'm <laughs> not saying. Would you, would you officiate a wedding for a friend?
2: Absolutely. Or, that's because that's what I had sh- in
0: mind when I was saying, like, yeah,
2: yeah. Do do you want to be like Joey from Friends?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Exactly.
2: It's a cool thing to have, but it's so expensive. It's a lot, you know, so you'd want to do it a couple of times if you were going to like pay to get it done.
0: Oh, is it? You have to. Yeah. Oh, oh, I thought it was some like format to fill out online.
2: No. Maybe in America.
1: Yeah, pr- probably in America. In Vegas,
2: yeah, you can marry somebody.
1: I don't understand. So, wait, is it expensive for you to do it or is it expensive for the couple? I don't understand.
2: Um, well, both. To get married and to pay a celebrant, it's about 600 quid. What? Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, man. I thought I thought I could, like, help my friends out and make it cheaper for them, you know? Just fill out a form and they can
1: hire me for free. Yeah, you know, I'll do it.
2: Well, you could probably in America. The, the, the laws are probably different.
1: As long as they let me say what I want, then I'm fine with it. I, I feel like people <laughs> won't trust you to be
0: honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking on boutiqueweddingvenues.co.uk, <laughs> like their blog. But yeah, I need, I need, I need to check it out and need to do some research. So yeah, when you saying when Hamish asked if you've been to university, you said like you'd done like a bit of like work, mm.
2: a bit of experience.
0: Mm. So what was? How did you get your very first gig?
2: Good question. I worked in like PR for a long time, which was like, cause whenever I was like, when all my friends were at uni and I wasn't, I, I, I went, I went travel and I moved to Australia for over a year and did every job under the bloody sun. And then when I came back, I kind of thought I want to knuckle down now and figure out what I want to do with my career. And I just kept asking. I was like, listen, if you need anybody, because a, a lot of the shows in radio in Northern Ireland, they just have. Presenters who are also the producers, so they don't have people that produce the shows. So I kind of went in as like a producer. I'm going to give the presenters that are on content to talk about on the radio, so they're going to absolutely love me and keep me coming back.
0: What is it? What is the difference?
2: Um, so a producer tells you what to say, tells you what's going to be on, and a presenter does it. So if you if you have to sometimes presenters have to do both jobs.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And then coming over to England, did you come over with like not a job kind of ready? Did you come over and be like, okay, I'm gonna try and get a job now, or was it you came over no, with one
2: there? I didn't I didn't have a job coming over. Okay. And it was very scary, to yeah, be I'd honest. Imagine. It was it was because I was working seven days a week in a radio station in Northern Ireland and coming over to Northern was very, very scary. But I've do you know what? I've been incredibly lucky because when I first moved here, I thought, right, I need to get a show really I wanna really try to to start doing multimedia presenting because everything's screen now, everything, you have to be able to do everything. So I went and get, got a show reel and did a TV presenting course. Now, I don't know what people's opinions are on that, but sometimes they're about like, oh, that sounds awful. But it was brilliant. It was so expensive, but it got me in the, the mindset of, right, if I've just paid for this like training, I've just got my show reel, I need to do something with this and from that it led on to like some incredible opportunities I like have worked as stand-in for Holly Willoughby I
0: I saw that on your website yeah yeah that's
2: insane I've done it for Shisella Reid on Good Morning Britain like and getting in with a big brand like that was incredible and it it just kind of went from there and then I got the fire on my belly and I just kept going and kept asking and kept you know and now I have you know all different clients from all different brands and have to keep at it.
0: <laughs> Was that like an early kind of ish opportunity, the good morning Britain one
2: Yeah, yeah. Just right place, right time. I know that's such a yeah. bullshitty thing to say, but
0: <laughs> No, it is, it is, I think yeah, I agree with that quite a lot. That kind of mm. right place, right time thing. Yeah. You said in the middle of that seven days you were going from seven days a week in Northern Ireland. Did you not find it exhausting, like talking? As in because I we do this podcast and sometimes after especially the like 7 p.m. when we record at 7 p.m. on Saturdays afterwards Mm. I I just don't want to talk to anyone I'm just like I'm done talking
2: um I don't get I don't really get exhausted but I think I I think the emotional roller coaster like the emotions the different emotions you go through like feeling excited you know if you're talking to certain guests about emotional things like that exhausts me yeah. seven days a week I'll never do that again I don't know how I did that I think I was just young I was a spring chicken and I could do it and I couldn't I couldn't do it now to be honest
0: yeah I am I'm young but like maybe, maybe age is catching up. you're with. an
2: old soul yeah, yeah I'm learning that about you Yeah, exactly yeah so
0: then when did the so you mentioned Good Morning Britain there um as well so but like previously in Northern Ireland was it just radio experience
2: Yes. So I, I whenever I came over here that was I, when you knew did I didn't the TV have I, and... Yeah, I knew I didn't have a show reel, which is what is required to apply for any like TV work. You need to have proof of you presenting to camera, that sort of thing.
0: How was that because like radio you not you don't have to show your face, you can kind of mm. Yeah, it's not like
2: a I could wear my slippers to work.
0: Yeah, exactly. Hamish always says like gives it the no face no case. <laughs> But like TV, I guess is a bit, I feel like that would be a bit more daunting. Like even us, we only, we don't like share our video of the podcast. Yeah. So it's just audio. So we can like kind of hide behind it a bit. But Mm -hmm. if we ever do, I think we do kind of want to start video at some point, maybe when COVID ends, but if we do, it's going to be a bit, I feel like it'd be quite a lot to adjust to kind of a video Mm. camera in your face. How did you find it?
2: It is very challenging because... Whenever I did the training, I didn't realize how much there was in it. Like you have to engage with a camera while thinking about things. And you can't be like, uh, uh, you know, you have to be directly down the lens, think about what you're saying, but not make it look like you're, you, are you are thinking about what you're saying. Yeah. It is a real craft.
0: Yeah. I struggle with that because we recorded a, I think when we first had the idea to do the podcast, we thought it, it was going to be a video one mm. and we recorded our promo for the podcasts, we like we're in my living room and we had my like camera like phone up and we recorded us recording the promo we didn't end up using it because look back at it now and i'm, I'm is so it anywhere awkward. online i can watch, it's it, I'd
2: love it's to watch it it's not online it's not online it's
0: not online but i'm just like sometimes i'm like looking down or like speaking or
1: when i'm looking at the camera it's like yeah just awkward hamish i think was a bit better that's because i was able to like just try it out and i was just trying to like make it like funny you know so i was just like <laughs> I was just trying to use, like, if Aaron says something and I can react with some wit, I can hopefully turn it around. But yeah, I do remember it being weird. I don't think anyone's seen the video, have they? I think it's only us two. No, not I don't even us two. Think... It's too embarrassing, okay. honestly. It's too embarrassing. <laughs> maybe, like,
0: we'll do, I don't know. We'll have to reach a milestone and then maybe
2: definitely keep those videos because that's something you'll look back in years yeah, and you'll be like, oh my goodness look at us yeah, yeah,
1: it took true. so many takes as well to get before we we had to scrap that entire night worth of recording as of it and then we redid the promo before episode one
2: do you not think the more you scrap things the more you scrap things like the the more you do it the more annoyed you get and then the more you mess up
0: yeah yeah it's
2: because you're allowing yourself to mess up because if you're just doing it as live, like for example we're doing this now you'll continue even if you slip up and you say something wrong you'll keep going whereas when it's pre-recorded you can mess up so you will mess what what, is it like sod's law murphy's law one of them all like anything that will mess up will anything that can will mess up
1: Basically, I remember when we were recording it. So at the beginning, I, was, I had a good flow yeah. but then Aaron messed up. But then when Aaron got his flow, I kept messing up. And then we were stuck in a loop of like messing up over and over again. So then we scrapped like the written down bit. Like we didn't have the written down bit. We we're just like, whatever happens, just happens. But we have to mention these bullet points. And then since then, we somehow made it here. Yeah, Murphy's Law. Anything that can go wrong, will go
0: wrong.
2: That's the one. I was nearly there. Yeah. <laughs>
0: the, <laughs> the, um, so is that, do you prefer then live to pre recorded.
2: Yeah, because uh, radio is always life. Mm. Like, you know, it'd be, it's so boring. It's mind numbingly boring recording a pre recorded radio show because, the you know, it's, you're not interacting with anybody. You're not saying, you know, what time it is and how you're feeling because it won't make sense when it's played out tomorrow.
0: Have you had any like just mishaps? Like any times you've like, I don't know, done something, maybe like swore
2: or. um. Not really, not really. I've had a recent situation whenever I was dealing with a, it's awful to say, but like a not as professional production company. And we went live on a, like a show. And I said, you know, just because I didn't have talk back, which is a thing, like an in earpiece, So I was like, oh, well, will you just count me in? Like, will you tell me when we're counting in? And the guy, and the guy was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The director's like, no problem. I'll do that. That's no problem at all. And this was like the first link to camera. And he just shouted, go. So he didn't count me in. He just went, go. And I went, What? And he went, Go. And so I'm going, hi. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. whereas if someone's like five, four, you'll yeah, go, yeah. hello and welcome. Do you know? Cause that's, you know, that's professionalism. Like that's looking professional.
1: Yeah.
2: And that, like that. And then the next, oh. you know, whenever we caught or whatever. He was like, "I'm so sorry." He's like, "I just completely forgot that I had to count you in." Okay, and so he did, yeah, yeah. So it was only me that looked a fool. Okay, you know, they nobody could see behind the camera. He's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he's checking. Go. Yeah, I'm the one with the lapel mic, so <laughs> yeah. But that, so that's what's happened quite recently, and that was quite, you know, embarrassing. I would say.
0: Yeah. So on live recordings, I just feel like at some point I'll just get like a bit of a brain freeze, and maybe just like. Not know what to say, like just leave this dead, awkward silence in it. But hopefully, hopefully, it never comes to that. Well, hopefully, I maybe I probably won't ever do be doing live live recordings. That's why so. you
2: have a co-host.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. true, true. <laughs> do you do you have co-hosts on your shows? Or are really most uh, some so. sometimes
2: sometimes I do. Um, the the show I do on Radio One, I will do it with a co-presenter because it's like it's a it's a show called Life Hacks, mm-hmm. and it basically talks about. Like situations you find yourself in as a young adult, you know, and ways to like make life better, that kind of thing. And it's it's a show for two people because it has to be that. Yeah. Like what what's your opinion on this? It's more of a discussion than just a radio show, I would say.
0: Do you prefer the kind of solo or the duo?
2: Good question.
0: Without offending whoever your co-host is.
2: I think they're very different, but I do like having a co host. Yeah. Because there's a couple of gigs I've done recently where they've been like hours of live, live TV. And I've got to a point where I've been like, I can't do this anymore. I'm just knackered now. I I don't want to, I want to stop. And then they'd be like, come on, you'll be fine. You know, I'll lead this one. Yeah. It's just someone Um, to
1: bounce off of, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking like, I rate people who can do it solo for like so long and like they make it act as if like, it's mad because they're like they may be either speaking to the audience or they're just like reading comments and they're just carrying on as if like they they leave like no gaps of like you know when you ex- you'd expect like a solo person to actually end up with gaps in it but like the ones that are really well just leave no gaps and it's like damn
2: who yeah. are you thinking of?
1: No, I was thinking Elliot. the last time I heard a radio podcast was Amber's one. So Amber from Wolves. I don't know which one she's on currently, but check out her episode on the third Wheel. She has a radio show on Wolves FM or something or WCR FM or something. Haven't listened in a while, but I remember like she would just like talk, talk, talk. I'm like, yeah, I could, I could never talk like you know continuously and
2: to no one. Is that what you mean? Is she, is she is yeah. like because she's in a room yeah. of her own talking aloud, yeah. like she's not talking to someone. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, so I'm like people who can do that are like, that, that's that's mad talent. kind of put <laughs> words.
2: But it's like
0: camish like Twitch streamers, a lot of them. So they're kind of I know they've got a chat on the side where they've got people like commenting all that but they're still like in front of their computer literally talking to their camera or to their screen while like playing a game or something and yeah I, I even I find that like a bit like yeah how do they manage to keep it like the thousands of people like watching kind of keep it entertained or like when you're playing a game I can just imagine like not saying anything I'm just concentrating on the game but they have to like commentate on it at the same time and kind of yeah, I find it weird, not weird, but like quite
1: impressive. Well, like yeah. I found it hard to talk to two people in the Twitch chat when I was streaming, like um a few weeks back, and I was like, "Fucking hell, this is this is rough, yeah." <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, if I ever make it to a hundred plus um, subscribers or whatever, you know, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to maintain this, but hopefully I'll be good enough by that point.
0: Yeah, you mentioned there a show of yours, life hacks. What what other shows are you working on at the moment?
2: So at the minute, I have a couple of clients. I work for a company called Staff Traits, who basically I host their podcast and um, we do like webinars and stuff. It's all about like networking and boosting staff morale, basically. So I talk to like small to medium business owners, that sort of thing. So I love that like corporate side too. Because
0: that's quite different to probably what you used to.
2: yeah. But it's nice, like speaking to startups and, you know, where they came from and why they have this like determination to work in the business world and where other people are just now I'm going to move to Australia and walk (laughs) barefoot, you know, because people take different paths in life. And I find that really interesting. Yeah.
0: No, awesome. Are you just given these shows or is it kind of like you'd come up with maybe the idea for a show and pitch it Mm. or is it you apply for a particular role?
2: Mm, Good question. I think it's both. I think it just depends on the situation. You know, how do you get opportunities? Sometimes I've applied for things. Sometimes I've sent in like a a pilot and they've liked it. I've sent in a lot of pilots and they've hated it.
0: Do you look back on any of your work and Cringe?
2: Oh my goodness. So I watched this quite recently. This is why this has come into my head. I've done some work for CBBC, but I was always desperate to be a Blue Peter presenter. Okay, yeah. I say that in past tense because I think I'm getting on a little bit now and... Maybe, maybe it's past. But I did like an audition tape and it's so bloody awful. <laughs> it is the worst thing on planet Earth. Like my eyebrows, I do not know what is going on. But I'm like, hello everybody! Make me, Make And I jump off a cliff in Northern Ireland into the Irish Sea, coast there And I, so I jump off a cliff, right? So I jump off a cliff and I shout, Blay, Peter! It's so cringe. Honestly, why did I, I busted my lips. So did you know that little, I don't know what it's called, but do you know the little dangly thing? in between your lip and your like your gum you know the little stringy thing
1: oh yeah yeah Yeah. so like
2: pull your lip out and like touch touch the
1: string i know what you're talking about i know i can feel it yeah
2: yeah (laughs) I, i split that because i i obviously was jumping in from such a height into the irish sea and i face planted so my little string bit when i came up out of the water was like yeah. Movie like it was a bloody or... mess. <laughs> 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 and I didn't oh, get the that. blue peter job, so I'm very upset. I know all that.
1: Oh. Did they ask you to like do something dramatic for the audition or was that just you?
2: No, I just they said do something like I remember the girl that won went on a roller coaster and I was like, I jumped off a cliff <laughs> <laughs> into the Irish Sea. And she went on a blimmin' roller coaster. Like who was it?
0: <sighs> Who's the blue peter presenter that got it?
2: I can't remember, like, she has, like, red hair. I think she's still on Blue Peter now. But it was, like, a presenter search at that stage. And what they wanted was, like, a three-minute video from me or something. So I, like, did... I showed them around the radio station I worked for at the time and jumped off a cliff. And I remember years later being with, like, um, executives in, in CBBC, being like... I never got any feedback for my demo that I did years ago. And they were like, oh, if you can find it, send it to us again. Like, we'd, we'll, <laughs> you know, we'll give you some feedback. And I watched it and I was like, I can't send this. I'm mortified.
0: Yeah. You know, when I ask for feedback, don't don't worry about it anymore.
2: I'm not that person. I don't know. I don't know her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who was she? Oh, that man. was
0: Catherine with the eye in it. This is Catherine with <laughs> the I. Don't <know> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to picture like Blue Pete presenters and see if like, I don't feel like they're not like really young necessarily when you say like i don't know if it's gone like past mm, your chance you never
2: know it's just i i feel like it's not a focus of mine anymore hmm. and where your focus goes your energy flows <laughs> yeah. so if i'm not a plan for it i'm not getting the job
0: what what would you say then is your focus now
2: oh good question
0: if you even have one i don't think you necessarily need to have one you could
2: no i, I don't think i don't think i do have one at the minute which is probably a bad thing uh,
0: i don't necessarily think so
2: I feel like after the year that we've had, I feel like I've had to, I've had to completely refocus. You know, I'm never, I'm probably never going to DJ again because I just, I just don't want to do it again. I don't want to do it anymore. You don't want to do it? No, I just, I was doing it. It was, it was my bread and butter, and it was like I loved it so much, and then I did it too much. Mm. I think you can overdo things that you, and then I think also, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but. Do you ever find you do something with love and passion, and then when you get paid for it, you start to hate it? Has that ever happened?
1: Maybe our primary jobs. <laughs>
2: uh-huh.
1: Well, I don't. I wouldn't say I hate it now, but you know, like I'm just paid mm-hmm. enough not to bother asking questions or be mad at it. Like I know what it is isn't it? That's just the corporate world. But I don't think I've experienced it actually yet, mm. but I can. I can like. Oh, I don't know, but Aaron. Weird. Then you could you Why? could argue that your motivation when you, when you lose the motivation as well or like the drive to do it like as well as you did it before you know
0: but like if somebody's paying me to do it that makes me more motivated to do it mm. or to do it well in my case anyway I feel I don't know why did that happen to you where like if somebody's paying you
2: it um. You well it, the reason that it's come into my head is because like not necessarily DJM but I used to like do mech shows so I would have sat in my room creating mixes like blending music blending different songs together creating these mixes that were like three hours long and like putting them online and the moment that a, like a radio station was like oh can you do that for us and we'll pay you yeah. I was like no I don't want to do that but why Because then they were picking on what I was doing. They were saying, oh, well, we don't know if that goes as well. Like, you could have done this differently. And I'm like, I was doing it because I loved doing it. Hmm. Not because I wanted you to tell me how great it was.
1: Oh, I thought you would have just sold it as like, like, you know, like the right to use this mix. I thought it would have been like that. I don't think you'd have to make a separate mix for them. Mm. So like, okay, yeah, I could could see why that can be annoying. But if you were just selling off your previous mixes, it's not like a big issue, maybe. I was going to ask you um, of like slightly on a tangent from that topic yeah. Are you the type of person that, wait, what kind of DJing do you do? What kind of music do you DJ to?
2: Um, so I'm what is described as an open format DJ, which kind of means I play all genres throughout the night because the venues I DJ in, in London have a lot of tourists mm-hmm. and people that aren't necessarily English or from England. They're, you know, from, from everywhere all around the world. So I would play a lot of reggaeton, bashment, like all genres everywhere. My favorite genre is like disco, like old school, yeah, like nice. disco, because that's just feel good. So that's probably, but yeah, I have to, I have to know all of the genres. So when people come up to me and they ask me for a certain song, I kind of have an idea what they're asking for.
1: I was going to say, like, I, w- I always dislike the DJs who play, that's not me, but they play the house version, the, a house mix of it. It, it gets me... <laughs> It gets me infuriated <laughs> in the like I'm like, I don't, want, I don't want to be here. <laughs> because original.
2: house music is easier to mix. They're lazy. <laughs>
0: did you ever have like, what do you think of like people who like come up to you? And would, did you have people like come up to you and be like, oh, can you play this? Can you play that? Can you play this?
2: Oh, we could do a whole podcast about this. I'm surprised somebody hasn't already. The, the, the things that get said to me when I'm DJing, especially because I'm a woman. Hmm. I think a lot of the time it's because I'm a woman. But people ask for Drake a lot. Drake. <laughs> even if I've just played Drake can you play some more Drake can you you know and I'm like I've just played Drake
1: there is like 10 hours worth of Drake music as well so you can actually go the whole night
2: I know but come on there's more floor fillers than just Drake songs that's mad. but yeah I've I've had some things said to me and it's, it's, it's hard for me with the DJM world like when I worked in radio stations in Northern Ireland I was like a name I know that sounds weird but like no, people knew me that. from the radio station whereas here everybody's a DJ Mm. it's so competitive and you know I could be DJing in a venue for like six, seven hours and then the next night listen Catherine we don't need you tonight because some guy's coming he's going to come do it cheaper you know whereas in, in Northern Ireland I was going and doing a gig and I was getting paid you know a good amount of money for a couple of hours whereas here you have to like do a good set every time otherwise you don't get asked back and, you know, somebody's going to come and undercut you because they can do it for cheaper. Like, and it, it still blows my mind that people can live in London and work for free. I'm like, what? <laughs> I know you really want this gig, but come on, like know your worth.
0: Yeah. How, when did you start DJing? When did you learn or like start to learn?
2: So I'd started the radio
0: mm-hmm.
2: and a couple of the shows that I was doing you know, one of the shows was on a Friday night from seven o'clock to nine o'clock. Ooh, and time. that is like the usual, that's the usual, like people getting ready to go out, feeling the buzz of the weekend vibe. And I was playing like a lot of like dance music and, you know, remixes of commercial songs. And uh, someone said to me, you know, the the way that radio presenters make money is by going out to clubs as part of the brand and DJing. I said, like, Oh God, that sounds awful. I don't know if I could do that. Like Cause there was there was only one other female DJ in Northern Ireland, and she was like, then she was in her forties, and I remember thinking, oh, I don't know if I could do that. Like, would people take me seriously? So then I just learned, like, I I a lot of was self taught. A lot of people, you know, I borrowed equipment and just really had a go at it, and I was really awful, really awful. And I think it's like driving a car; you don't you don't learn how to really do it until you're actually doing it. So my first couple of gigs. It must have sounded like trainers in a washing machine with my mixing. Like,
0: oh, uh, so yeah, indeed. But then, so you're saying like you've kind of fallen out of love with it?
2: Yeah, I think I just, I think I just overdid it. Like, I was getting home at three and four o'clock in the morning. I was like driving the roads of London, you know, on my own, being a girl, having to get on. Ch- like, I, I hate coming back to being a woman but it's so scary in london to like have a I have a little like trolley bag that my controller and macbook and stuff is in and there do was you have a to carry of do, you have your,
0: do you have to carry your own like dj i don't know what it's called yeah. turn, turntable Turntables. yeah turntable decks. decks yeah yeah, yeah. And do you have yeah. do you have your own that you have to like carry around to so yeah. you know, your kicks okay yeah
2: and a lot of the venues i work at didn't have like parking they would have been in like monument in london bank you can't park there And a lot of my gigs would have been starting for people like just finishing work. So at that time of day, you can't get parked there. So I I had no choice but to either like jump in an Uber or a lot of the time I did just get on tubes. And I just always felt afraid. I always felt like I I don't feel like safe. This equipment, like someone could just come and take this off me. Luckily, I think a lot of people didn't realize what it was. Somebody asked me in a tube station once, what? oh, what's in your bag? It looks really heavy. And I said, oh, it's art books. (laughs) I don't know why that came to my head. But I just thought, what on earth? Like, they wouldn't want that. So they wouldn't want to steal that. So that's why I think it came out.
0: Yeah, man. That's a shame.
2: I will do gigs now and again, but I I feel like I don't want it to be my, I I don't want it to be how I make my money.
0: Right, yeah. And then with like the whole pandemic situation over the last year and a bit, how's that Mm. kind of affected like, TV presenting, radio broadcasting, DJing.
2: Well, it's it's meant that I can do a lot more from home, mm-hmm. which is amazing. I, you know, have all my setup here, so I can do like voiceover jobs. I can, I can do radio. Like, for example, I'll be doing live radio tomorrow morning from like my little spare room here. I do a lot of video content for companies online. So a lot of it, I have been able to like learn how to do it from home. Yeah. Which is incredible.
0: Yeah, it is, it is pretty mad.
2: It's so good that, you know, I've learned to do so much. And, you know, I'm still, I'm still getting as much money. Yeah. But I'm not leaving my house, which is just pure class. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> do, you, do you look so forward, get...
0: though, to like going back into like a studio and stuff like that?
2: Absolutely. I, I thrive around others. Yeah. And just like hearing people's like about their life, because you don't ask them that on Zoom. You don't really like... You don't have a natter on zoom <laughs> after you've had some meeting yeah. whereas you'd be like oh mate i love your i love your new trainers you know you don't see like you don't ha- get to have that interaction with people online and i think we need that engagement from others we need to feel their energies and if they're happy sad you know we need to feel it
0: where where can people like people want to check out your work maybe some of your like mixes that you've made from djing or showreels mm-hmm. right etc where can people find it
2: just search for katherine b wilson it's k-a-t-h-r-y-n <laughs> um so yeah i would love if people check it out like i love engaging with other people and if especially if they're at this st- at, they're at a different po- point of their journey like they want to get into tv or radio or that sort of thing like i love to to chat with people and that you know that's how I, for example i met esme you know she messaged me or i messaged her one of the two and, You know, the rest is history. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Um, We'll put links to all that in the, in the show notes too, for people that want to check it out, but you can move on to one of the like topics we spoke about beforehand.
2: All right. Yeah.
0: You put power off a positive mindset.
2: Mm. I wanted to kind of get your, your thoughts on this because like, are you, would you describe yourself as a positive person?
0: Yeah, I, I would, I think. Yeah.
2: And do you think that there's like more to like what that achieves? Than just it being a mindset, if that makes sense? Do you believe there's like a power behind it?
0: I wouldn't say, I'd say in the sense that I've, I tend not to worry as much as in Mm. I might like, or stress as much. Like I'll always, I try to in a way, maybe it's actually, oh, positive. Am I pos? I'm, I think I'm overall, I'm net, net positive. Yeah. But there will be times or situations where I might be negative. I'd say net positive. Like in terms of like people, I think I would nine times out of 10, give someone the benefit of the doubt in just that sense. Mm. Like if something's happened, I'd like nine times out of 10, believe them. (laughs) I don't know if that's, that's like a good thing or a bad thing. Like I'd be positive about it. Like if something, yeah, I'll be like, oh, maybe they didn't mean it like this. And like, do you know what I mean? That kind of stuff.
2: Would you say the glass is half full or half empty?
0: oh it depends what's in the glass maybe it's
2: something to, do you know what it's, it's, it's maybe one of those questions that like you know you'll be thinking about the next time you brush your teeth yeah you know do I think that the glass is half full or is it half empty you know
0: I, I'd say I more, more times I'm glass half full than I'm
1: glass half empty more times than not
2: hmm. and what about you
1: yeah I was thinking that I actually think I'm quite positive it's just the way I say it or the way I come off makes it sound like I'm negative or aggressive like one of the questions earlier on the podcast, like many episodes back, was about prenups, and I was like, "It's a positive thing, yeah, but you lot just don't see it the same." And one other thing I was going to use in context was when I used to play Call of Duty with my friends yeah, online at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, even in the game where we're like losing pretty badly, I'd be like, "No, everyone just just keep playing." Like they they're expecting that they won now, so if we think we've lost, we've lost. Yeah, and we're actually one point from losing. I'm like, "You best you best play till the very end." Yeah, I don't want to hear that it's over and you stop playing. So we keep going and we won that game by literally one point at the end because the score limit was 200 for this game mode. And they, the other team were on 199. So it was pretty much a write-off, I won't lie, but <laughs> I'm just like, no, you, you literally go to the end here because this is the exact moment where they think they won. So like when you think you've won, that's when you pretty much kind of lose it. Or So true. So like, yeah, they, they're not expecting a fight back, right? So I'm just like, you have to go to the end because... Even if you lose by one point at the end, it's better than losing like a hundred points. I'd say, like, because at least you put in, you know, put, put in the effort. So, but yeah, I I understand that I come off very differently because I don't say it the same way as other people would say it. Like, I can, I know that that's the case, but yeah.
2: Do you think maybe you're direct?
1: I think that, that I think directness. I learned at uni. Directness causes an issue. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, yeah. Because at uni, every everyone likes to be. Everyone likes to have things cushioned. You know, like. Everyone likes to have it said super nice. Whereas I'm like, no, you're lying. I fucking saw that. Yeah, like you don't have to bullshit. Like I saw it. Like I know this happened. Like You don't have to bullshit. And then apparently like that's quite like aggressive. But I'm like, no, that's just truthful. There's a difference there. Like I'm not going to, I don't know how to say it. Like I'm not going to live on like some fantasy or some bullshit. Like if I see that happened, I know that happened. You know, like you don't have I have like to- that
2: though. Call people out, call them out.
1: Yeah,
2: it's like pulling off a plaster rather than going like just freaking rip it off. And I like to joke about it a
1: lot, which probably makes it worse because I like to, you know, just keep joking or like spinning jokes off it. I think that makes the situation a lot worse. But what can I say? Like, because if you joke about it, I feel like you can dead the situation. Like, you know, like, for example, when you made, when we were talking about the bullying thing in the light way, like if you joke about it, it becomes like funnier, if that makes sense. And then it, Mm. it kills off that, that sting that it can have, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it's obviously I don't expect everyone to do that, but I'm not necessarily going to stop joking about things. Especially like if I know it happened, because if it happened, then I would just bury it. It's just like, that's just going to be there, like a, in the way. I don't know how to say it. Like it's just, instead of clear air, it's just in the way. So you might as well at least joke about it.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd say just different, different situations. So like, I'm a massive football fan. So say if like my team is losing the game with like two minutes to go, I'd still be like, no, no, we can win this. We we only we only need one more chance. We can win this. We can win this. Whatever. So I'm saying I'm like positive in that sense. But then if it's like, uh, ah, what's an example where I'd be negative? Weather. Even weather. I'm not. I'm not too far. If it's if the weather's bad, I'm like, oh, so what? If
2: you had planned a picnic with your mates today and it started raining.
1: That's ironic because we actually have.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's why I brought that up because I'd always got on a picnic.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say like, would you say it's. I don't know if this comes as negative. I like to think of myself as being prepared, but I always have an umbrella on me because in the UK, it can rain within hours. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if that's negative or if that's just being prepared at this point. Yeah. You're if just you think a pessimist. <laughs> yeah. I like to think I'm not, but it's just that I just... It
2: always rains up me.
1: Like today, it says that it's going to be sunny all day, but I, you know that off chance that it starts raining, even showering a bit, like I'll have an umbrella on me just for that situation. I don't know if that's negative or if that's just...
2: I feel like you're a handy person to have <laughs> around because I would never bring an umbrella.
1: Do you never tell yourself that? Like, you know, when you have to go speak, you know, like one thing that I would say like can be a bit scary is when you have to go, you know, when, like say something happened like at the arcade, like the pool table got stuck and you have to go speak to the person to send someone to he- help you. I feel like that's a that can be a scary situation. But don't you ever just gas yourself? Don't you ever just go like, no, let's just quickly get this conversation done. It's a quick interaction done. Do, are you not able to tell yourself that? Like this is an example I commonly use because you know, like even when something's ha- wrong with the food, yeah. So this is the difference between me and Aaron. If something's wrong with my food, I'll tell the waiter. Aaron will be like, Yeah, I'm be, just like, like I'll just i deal with it. It's not like the end of the yeah, world. Exactly. I'm I mean, like, bro, you paid you paid like nine pounds for this, bro. We're in London. <laughs> if you're paying nine pounds <laughs> and they butchered your order, yeah, say something.
2: You're paying nine pounds for prawn crackers. You can tell them they're crackers.
0: I can't remember <laughs> have ever having a problem in my food. I'm not one
1: to be like, oh, there's not enough salt in it or something. Have you ever ordered something without like onions? Or do you know when you order your burgers, you're a big fan of burgers, right? Yeah. So if you, maybe you don't want a specific, I don't know what you call it, accessory filling to your burger and they put it in, what are you going to do? <laughs>
2: accessory.
1: <laughs> once. I only remember once, but that was my fault.
0: Because I didn't know how, what's the burger place? GBK? No.
2: Five, five Guys. guys. I didn't know
0: how Five Guys worked.
2: Banging. Banging. Where you actually have to specify so what you
0: want in the burger. Ah. So, so what did you say? I literally just asked for a cheeseburger And they gave you cheese and bread? And a burger oh, okay. Yeah But they didn't give me any lettuce Or so onions no or ketchup or nothing yeah. So I, I kind of <laughs> fucked up that, That's the only time
2: What did you do? Did you eat the plain burger?
0: Yeah Yeah I did eat the plain burger I would, I would have just asked you have? A I was by myself something? in America as well I feel like that could be a bit of a difference
2: Do you feel like now Looking back on that You would do that differently You would say Listen I didn't realise how this Whole shebang worked can you please put some ketchup on my mega dry, mega dry burger because I can't eat it.
0: No, instead I would just ask for ketchup at the very
1: beginning, had <laughs> the lettuce and the onions. You see, I like when I think of that situation. I think of the situation when I went first went to a Starbucks. I was at like the you know the C O V train station. I was heading back to London from uni. Yeah, so because um, we went to university where you go from C O V to London. Yeah, I just remember when I went to the Starbucks yeah, and I was like, you know, I just want a hot chocolate because it's like nine a.m. Yeah, I'm like. Could I have a hot chocolate, please? Yeah, And I didn't realize, Um, you know, when Ke- Kevin Hart or someone, I think there's a comedian that said it, they would go to a Starbucks yeah, and then they start offering you 20 options. And you're like, no, 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 no. I just want a hot chocolate. Like, I don't care about, you know, this thing, that thing, that thing, that thing that you add into my-
2: Vente Grande? <laughs> I'm
1: like, I don't know what this is. I just want a hot chocolate, please. And then at the end, I said, yeah, without realizing, because I was just trying to end the communication. And they that ended up with, you know, the icing thing that they added. I'm like... I face found I'm like, okay, whatever, <laughs> let me just get this done and out because I should have, I should have expected better from a bougie place when I walked in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think we've got away from the positive mindset, but I
0: just, want to, I won't say on that, like I've maybe done that when I'm getting like a haircut and like, I kind of know the haircut's going, it's not going well. And they'll ask me at the end how it's going. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I just want to get out of here to be honest. I just, or they'll show me the back you know of my mean, head. And I'm like, what, what do you want me to do with that? Like,
1: it looks fine
2: yeah it might not look right. yeah i love it yeah
1: <laughs> me and krishan have this thing so me and my friend from home here what we say is if they're messing up your haircut you don't want to tell them they're messing up your haircut because it's going to make them worse so you need them to finish where they're at and then you need to just get out of there and ideally get to back to your usual barber if it, it wasn't your usual barber like once yeah i went with krishan to our old place in like south harrow and what this he decided to take a gamble on the new guys he knows in the past that you should never do this yeah he took a gamble. They damaged his hairline. They like messed up the lines and everything. I was like, I was looking over at Krishna. I'm like, I can't look over at him because he's going to know that. I'm like, why the fuck did you do this? <laughs> and then luckily the lady that would do, like, you know, that would cut her hair, she took, she's like, it, instead of taking her next customer, she was like, wait, 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 let me come over here and let me fix your hair first. Yeah. I'm like, raw. Like, but he took a positive mindset on gambling with the new guy. I'm like, no, 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 no. Never do that. Never, Not in South Harrow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you, um. do you know Tim Ferriss,
0: Catherine?
2: Rugby player? Or am I thinking of the wrong person? Yeah,
0: no, he's a podcaster, Tim Ferriss.
2: And, oh, right, um, okay,
0: I know. He's, he's like pretty He's like a pretty big podcaster.
2: Is there some rugby player called that? I wouldn't be surprised, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> wouldn't
0: be surprised. <laughs> he had this guy on his podcast, and he's, he's called Dr. Gabor Mate, who's like a scientist. And their episode was on like, was it literally on positive... Mindset. It might've been like the powerful positive mindset. And he was, they were talking to each other and they gave the scenario where I forgot where it was completely. He asked Tim like how, when was the time you felt like really angry about like a situation? And he mentioned something about, he employed people to do work in his house and he went to earn holiday and then he came back and they didn't do, they didn't finish the job in time or something like that, or they did a bad job. And he was asking like, he started probing into it and like, says, so was like, why did you feel angry about this? It kind of got to the point where it was like, there's a million reasons why they, there's literally a million reasons why those people, the contractors might not have finished the work on his place or did a bad job. Like they could have, they could have been an emergency. Somebody in the family could have like hurt themselves, like something, this et cetera could have happened. But the reason he thought, or like would assume automatically was just that they didn't like respect him enough. Yeah. But there's a million other reasons it could have been, but you kind of went
1: to the like worst one.
2: Yeah. Cause that's, cause that's a Zego, isn't it?
1: Um, I was going to say like, is that like positive mindset or does that, what happens when you, cause if you're positive, you have a certain expectation for it to happen a certain way. Right. And if it's not meeting your expectation, does that mean that it's negative, but like in reality, you're being positive. You just had an expectation. Maybe the expectations were too high or something like, where do you draw the line? In that case, Aaron, as well, like in that specific case, like someone, say you went on holiday. I think that case is more
0: like, say, say one of our guests cancelled. Yeah. Like, they put doing a, scheduling a podcast with us. We, we I think it's more like, it's like, we're, we can be positive that it's going to happen, whatever. But yeah. like, we might think, oh, they're just canceling it because they don't really want to do it kind of thing. But I think that's quite negative. Whereas maybe they canceled because, you know, something came up. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. because of us they cancelled. Like, it was literally, Something out of their control, which I think is maybe a bit more positive way to look at.
2: I feel like in those situations, it's like I I forget it all the time because obviously you know if I get ghosted by a client, which happens all the time in my industry, like you have a good relationship with someone and then they just don't they stop replying to your emails, they don't take your pitches on or ideas on anymore, they just they they've ended contact. And what I try to remind myself of is that it's never about me. Like it's actually like I shouldn't be offended by that because it's not about me. It's about in something happening in their lives that I don't know about and probably never will. So I think whenever you have that that mindset of like it's not about me, you move on easier and you just you 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 stop taking so many things personally.
0: Yeah. So is a positive mindset, Catherine, something that you've you think you've had like especially from the time when you said like in Northern Ireland it was something. You really have to be persistent and like getting jobs and like in the industry, in the creative, in a creative industry in general. Is that something that you think like you need to have a positive mindset?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I, I just I I think it's you, sh- you have such a happier life. I remember asking like this this positive mindset like expert. I can't actually remember what type of expert he was, but it was something to do with being po- like some sort of guru of some description. Self confessed, you know. I asked him. I was like, you know, is being positive all the time being ignorant and he was like no of course it's not and i was like but i think it, it sometimes has to be in a way like you have to be like you have to choose to ignore negativity you have to like choose to like not let it in your space like not feel it and like move on from it quicker but i definitely think you know when you close your if you were to close your eyes right now and you were to like think of a color and then open up, your eye, open up your eyes and like look in the room that you're in for that color. You'd see more of it. And I think you see more opportunities when you have a, a positive mindset. I think more doors open for you. More people want to be around you because you're a good person. More people want to work with you. Because if you're positive in yourself and you're positive when you're around other people, people love that. People want to be surrounded by that constantly.
1: And I was going to ask you on that, yeah. So like, say you're being positive about yourself. So you're giving yourself self-confidence, which is good. And then you're applying to say a hundred jobs. Could there be a chance that you maybe go over a line and you could be ignorant to something maybe wrong? For example, your CV or your showreel. When you're saying the point about ignorance, can it make you ignorant to a flaw in your thing that you're doing, which is basically making you apply to hundreds of places and maybe get rejected or whatever. But Mm -hmm. you're obviously hoping for more, but you may not realize that because you may have been thinking of it in just this way and as you said ignoring negativity do you think that that can be an issue in that sense or is that just like
2: what's that quote is it like doing the same thing over and over again but expecting different results yeah is the first sign of madness or something i don't know is that the anything first sign of, of anything yeah yeah insanity yeah so like if you're handing out you know you're applying to 100 jobs and you're getting nowhere you're not asking for feedback you're not saying hi, I'm really sorry. Like, can you give me some feedback on why I wasn't suitable for this job? They could be like, oh, well, there was just better candidates than you. Sorry. You know, if you ask 100 people, one of them's going to be like, do you know what? I actually hate your CV. The picture of you on it is bloody awful. It's a selfie with you pouting like you're a duck. Can you please remove that immediately? You know, if you asked for criticism, you asked for feedback, you know, that will break the chain of you not getting a job. You have to do something different to get a different result. So I don't I don't think that's about being positive. I think that's a be that's being a go-getter and like wanting actual feedback and getting it.
0: Does any of this like relate to the law of attraction?
2: Yes. I Abs- I live for that. Do you?
0: I wouldn't
1: say I live for it, but I I could see I could see how it works out and I wouldn't say I as as I wouldn't say like a hardcore say law of attraction or attraction, but I do tell myself if I work I can, you know, get the results from this that that.
2: What you believe you can achieve. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like and doing this like this particular thing will lead to that result. But I I don't go around like saying, you know, like, oh it's a little attraction, low attraction, I, I may joke about it. I may actually pull the joke about it like here and there if I get the chance, but I know there's some things you have to just work for as well as be I don't know, not expecting better, but you know, like having that ambition for it, if that makes sense.
2: There's a great book by Anthony Robbins, who I'm sure you've heard of called Awaken the Giant Within. And he, one of the the things that tells you to do, and I read it for the first time years ago, but it really helped my positive mindset back then. And one of the things he asked you to do is to imagine a feather.
0: Okay, yeah.
2: It's like visualization. Visualization is like one of the things of laws of attraction. If you visualize something in your head, it becomes reality. And he does it with like a feather. And I've actually tried that on it and it worked. So that I'm visualizing car parking spaces as well. That is so a thing. Like that is amazing. This is the,
1: this is the guy in Shallow How isn't it?
2: Oh yes, he is it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, sorry, wait, wait. You visualize a feather?
2: Yeah. So it's like I can't remember exactly how you do it, but it's like you 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 imagine a, fe- a feather. You visualize it in your mind, and it comes in like a reality. You see, you see a feather.
1: Also, oh, this is like the color thing.
2: Yes, it is okay. because I think the thing is. When you're thinking about something, so where your focus is, you observe more of it. So if I'm thinking Blue Peter, Blue Peter, Blue Peter every day of my life, I'm more likely to have Blue Peter in my life because I'm going, I'm going to get it. Whereas if I have, vi- or if I visualize a chocolate cake, it's going to come into my life because I'm going to be attracted to Are
0: you sure that's not just because you said it out loud and like Google's heard it and then they're like displaying you ads and stuff? Probably.
2: <laughs> it is 2021. So.
1: I'm going to turn up to today's picnic with a chocolate cake, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you or you might be given one for free, that so random... Yeah. Reason. I feel like
1: I
0: I tend to say, like, law of attraction and believe in law of attraction just when it suits me. Like, when it just suits my, like, what I want kind of thing, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, law of attraction. If I do it, it's going to happen.
1: Well, what's been the most positive thing that happened to either of you? Or in recent times, if you can't think of most the one positive. most positive thing. Yeah, like, maybe you attracted it or, like your positive mindset you think is that changed? just like the best thing that's happened it could be recent no no it could it could be like recent or it could be best ever oh i can start if you want guys if you guys want, go something. ahead yeah i was gonna say um ending up at warwick in it i was i was always hoping to do good obviously i put in a bit of the work but ending up at warwick then ending up with a decent paid job like that came from me wanting to i guess be positive right although there was some like use of negative energies on that to get to that stage I'd say that that was like positive, right? So, maybe that's like a basic idea for you guys to work with.
2: How how did that like start off though? Did like do you just find the job, apply for it, and that was it, or like um, what what was the grind? What was the hustle?
1: So basically, in school, I obviously wanted to be the best in my field in general. So that was there, and then I always wanted to get back at the you know the big bank corporations. It's funny how that works out. <laughs> so basically, yeah, and I always wanted to do a bachelor's and then a separate masters, like back to back. But then I ended up doing an integrated masters, and then I kind of flopped the integrated master. So they moved me down to the bachelor's course. I ended up on a master's with a scholarship. Um, anyway, so I followed the same exact path somehow that I wanted a long time ago. And then I ended up when I applied for jobs, I literally applied for five jobs because I didn't have time to do it. I was like, if I get one of these, I'll take them. I just happened to have a very smooth sailing in terms of that. It, in that sense, there's a positive energy, you know, the positive mindset there. But what about you Luke?
2: Genuinely, like I'm struggling to answer that because I have so many good things in my life. Like, I am so, I'm such a lucky person, is what I would say. And, you know, I have a good family. I have good friends. I, you know, I work bloody hard. So I get good opportunities. And, you know, a lot of my situations have been right place, right time, but it's because I've been in the right mindset to attract those things so i i think i have a lot to be grateful for and i i I don't think i can pin it on one thing do you think do you think being like saying you're a lucky person makes you more lucky that's the question no because that's that is positivity on a stick like that is you're being grateful you're you're expressing gratitude
1: oh i thought you're saying that you know you're lucky so you're gonna use your luck or something and hope that it always locks out in your favor like gamble it I thought
2: yeah so like not like magic like like in the sense of if you say you're something you're right
0: no I've, I've tried telling people I'm six foot but it doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know I don't know it's, it's like
1: <laughs> <sighs> Ye. Yeah. oh to be fair oh <laughs> I'll say i say I've been quite lucky in life. I, I usually have said it in the past as well. So, even with what I just described, like that's quite lucky to end up those particular steps. You know,
0: is it is it kind of like just almost that saying though, like you are who you think you are, kind of thing. Like if you're if you think you're lucky, like who is somebody else to tell you you're not? Do you know what I mean? Like
2: yeah, it's a mindset.
0: Yeah, no, I get that. Go What's one positive thing that you thought of that happened? Me. Yeah. Marcus Rashford scoring a last-minute penalty against PSG in the Chelsea <laughs> Cup. <court finals. laughs> um, I don't know. I, the
2: ge- the genuine like that is genuine as well. Like
0: that. That is that is pretty genuine. I don't know. I I, I, I don't. I, uh, I'm trying to avoid any like cringy answers right now. Go on, now, uh, we, you, we expect you, it from you?
2: Here, here's a question. Do you think you're successful? Like, would you say out loud, "I am successful"?
1: It depends on one's definition of successful.
2: Yes, but would you say that allowed in a room on your own?
1: I'm on my way to being successful if I continue. That's what I would say. So I'd
2: say
0: yes, but that doesn't mean I'm like, I've done everything I've wanted to, if that makes sense. I think no. you can still be successful, but haven't like made it to yeah. where you want to make. You can but say life you've achieved is a journey. Yeah. <laughs> But I think like up to think- my life so far, it's been like net positive. Like, you know, I'm not I'm not in prison. I'm not like... Uh, Why are you saying net like, positive so much? I don't know. I, I, was... I quite like the term now, you know, <laughs> net positive.
2: Net positive? Have you been doing your taxes recently or something? Like what? Oh, no, shit,
0: I'm, that I'm reminds... bad at doing <laughs>
1: my taxes. I did mine the other day. <laughs> <laughs> or tax lady. Yeah, or tax lady. Or tax, tax non-binary. The, uh, um,
0: yeah, I think, t- I think, I think, like, yeah, I've been, it's been a good life, you know, I've had so far. I've been successful.
2: So it's like, this is your, yeah. <laughs> you're about to, you're about to croak it. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a good run, but it's done now. It's like, a, it's a very egotistical thing to say, to, you know, if, if I was to like start this podcast with my introduction to be like, hi, my name's Catherine Wilson. I'm really successful. Mm. Like, can you you'd be like, who is this girl? Like she, I
1: don't what, think what, I can What's listen. she on
2: about? <laughs> it's what I'm saying. Like nobody's got to do that. Like it's just, it's,
1: maybe maybe if you said at the beginning like this is how i'm trying to achieve success these are the milestone this is what i've achieved in this maybe i could then listen but if you just started off like that maybe that's like enough to deter me um just because i feel like as you say it could sound super egotistical and there's like a line that you know like there has to be like yeah of like humbleness i guess
0: I was going to ask like if you if there's anything more you want to touch on if you went if there was you want to touch on positive mindset. Yeah, or, so if, procrastination if, or anything.
2: this was something I wanted to ask you guys like how often do you procrastinate and so first question is what does procrastination mean to you and do you do it often?
1: To me it means avoiding doing the work I need to do at that said time and not doing anything useful with that when I'm avoiding it. But there can be cases as I've learned in recent times that you should take more breaks for example that's not avoiding work but you may need to like do your stretches or get up from the seated position for example so like as long as you don't then also like in a way how do i say you don't use that as the excuse like you know you actually committed to those taking that proper break so you can get back to work or so on like it's very it's very tough to you know identify it like at uni i'd say in exam period i'll just use an app to lock my phone to and then on my you know on your browser you can set it to 10 minutes of max um, anything not work related you know like and that would help me you know avoid um sad situations but
2: do you do it often
1: right now yeah but i'm not sure if it's due to lack of motivation or tiredness or anything like you know uh maybe okay. i need a little bit of motivation boost <laughs>
2: aaron what about you
1: i think to the average person if they were like
0: like looking at if they were looking at me like if they were like a fly on the wall they'd probably think i like procrastinate all the time like, literally all the time. I think you progress on it a lot. Yeah, yeah. But see, I will be positive about that. Yeah. And I'd, I'd say... <laughs> oh, that I watched a movie I wanted yeah, to watch. Yeah, I watched I watched a movie I wanted to watch. And, like, by watching this movie I wanted to watch, yeah, and taking this break, after I finished, I can then go and work a lot better than what I would have done if I watched it, if I'd worked, like, instead of watching the film.
2: Do you really think like that?
0: Yeah, because it makes me feel better. I. It's probably... It's bullshit. But <laughs>
1: like, It's not probably uh, bullshit, it's bullshit. <laughs>
2: I think
0: like
1: that to make myself feel better about procrastinating. Mm. But then, okay, using that same context, here, if you're watching a TV show and you finish watching a TV show, now you want to watch the next part. Say you're binge yeah. watching, but then you're going to be stuck in the mindset of, like, should I do my work now? Or you're going to be like, oh, I, c- I could watch the next episode to find out what happens now. To next. be fair, you, you know as well that I do it at the same time. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't
0: understand how this works. I make sure I'm watching like something trash. Like I'm not watching something that requires like I'm not watching like Inception or anything like that. You know what I mean? I'm watching like Love Island or something. You
2: know? I I genuinely thought you were gonna say like the Kardashians or something. I was. Gonna I've considered go, oh my it. God, I've considered I've
1: just... it. But I've he cannot gone. use the Love Island example because I remember when I went to meet him in San Francisco, he would at eight o'clock to nine o'clock U.S. time or something. He would have that entire section of the house locked off to just watch Love Island on the big TV. I had to educate and the Americans. No, we couldn't go out or anything at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not letting that one run.
0: So I do procrastinate. Yes, that's the answer. <laughs> I procrastinate and I procrastinate a lot. But also we did have a previous guest on, Alec Geller, which was like episode. I kind of remember what number that was. I remember and it's it's kind of like, I remember this really distinctly because when he said it, I was like, oh shit. It was like when you procrastinate, he said, that's just because you don't really want to do what you're supposed to do. And it's kind of a sign that you yeah don't do it
2: so that's where my idea of this has has like the idea to talk about this has kind of come from so I learned recently that procrastination is just fear it's a form of fear so I would be I'm a big person into lists like I don't know if you do this in your job or whatever on a Monday morning you'll have like a to-do list the thing you need to do you might not write it down but you might you know consciously know what you have to get done and I try to write it down because then I can take it off and that makes me like feel good like I've I've done it. But there's always one or two things on that list that don't get done because I'm scared. Interesting. Scared. I'd say
1: it's more bored or you just get tired of going through. But I do agree with that. You have to write it down because in like, maybe since that uni, I learned that if you write down what you need to do. So at uni in fourth year, especially I'll just have a my wall. I'll keep putting sticky notes things I need to get done. So when I come home, The wall looks messy because there's sticky notes on it. So I need to start accomplishing these tasks. And I do that at work as well. Like just because you have to get things done. And if you just do it, make a mental note, it's not enough. Like I feel if you want to get it done, you need to write it down. But then you may still not end up getting something that was written down done. But I don't know. Fear is like like a weird one.
2: Because that's like because you're seeing physical clutter, which is mental clutter. So you have to like get rid of those sticky notes to get it out of your head. So that's a But wh- that's a what's good the fear
0: about? Like, what what, what are you scared of?
2: So that's the point. Like, it's it doesn't really, like, immediately come to you as fear. But if you have a to-do list and say, so say you told me not right now what you have to do tomorrow, and I wrote it all down, and you had to do it in the order I told you to do it in, you'd be like, well, I don't want to do it that way. You'd have a reason to do the one you, the, the, the thing you want to do the least, you'll do it last because you don't you don't want to do it because like i know for me it's like stupid things like having to re-email a client because they haven't paid my invoice yet i know I, i'm potentially sabotaging a relationship do you know like it's silly things like that so i'm like oh i'll put that off for another i'll put that off for a week yeah. and hopefully they'll pay me it's things like that like the, and and really it boils down to fear you're afraid of something you're Afraid of not being able to achieve that task as quick as you can do the other things because you're not like, you don't think you're great at it or you've lost confidence in it. There's always something like deep. There's a bit of fear. Oh, that's interesting.
1: I try to like move it around based on the time availability that all the other bursts of work I'll not be able to do. So like say it's like 11.40 and there's like four tasks. One of them's a 10 minute task. I can get the 10 minute task done now. And then the other three I'll fit it into depending on when the bursts are between calls or whatever because I feel like that But the fear thing... I'm going to have to have a think about that after, like, am I afraid of certain tasks?
2: You sound like you're uber productive. So to be honest, I don't think no, no, anything's no, no. correct. It, to... it
1: looks like that. It, it Basically, what I tell people is because people always assume we're super, super organized. We're organized, but everything is still chaos. So what we do is we have basically, say we have a lot of chaos happening in our life, you're different parts of our life. All we do is we schedule it to happen at a certain time. So the chaos is like constrained into certain a schedule or so. But that doesn't mean that the things happening aren't chaos. It's just organizing the chaos a little bit, so that it's not ripping your life apart, as per se. But yeah. I wouldn't say that it's makes us look overproductive, because like it depends on the angle. If you look at it from outside angle, obviously it's going to look like we're super organized, and I don't deny that. But like, yeah, if you're doing multiple things, you will see the chaos in those things when you get to that, you know, that section of task. Like when you pick up your task from your to do list, that thing must have initially been in some sort of mess, anyways. Now you have to organize it or complete it.
2: Can you think of anything in your life, not right now, that you've been putting off? It doesn't have to be work related. It could be like you've been meaning to ring the, ring the doctors, but you know it's gonna take ages to get through to the doctors because you need an appointment because you've a dodgy mole or something. Not
0: right now, but I, I remember putting off my tax return for I think a s- so long that I got fined because I didn't do it on time.
2: <laughs> and why didn't you do it?
0: I put it down more to like laziness than fear. Just right. me being like, oh, I can't be. But then that could be because. Who wants to fill out the tax return? Like, it's just a boring, that it's website. like a boring task. Yeah. And like, <laughs> does that mean I'm scared of doing that instead of something else? I don't know. Hmm. But right now, thing is, with the, with the podcast, I think we've got into a bit of a routine, a bit of a routine, especially because we're releasing every week. It's like, okay, we recorded the weekend. We spend the week editing. By the Saturday, we have to have it uploaded or Sunday morning, we have to have it uploaded, have to make the graphics by that time as well, have to prepare a post to like publish, prepare the show notes and all that. So I feel like in terms of podcasts anyway, it's a root, definitely a routine.
1: I'll say yesterday, I was actually putting off trying to, so at the beginning of our current, you know, format of description, we have like a little, like a few word, like way to kick off, like how we want the episode to sound or based on what was in the episode. So yesterday, Because I I didn't want it to be a shit, like, you know, description start. So yesterday's one was like challenging status quo. That was the start. (laughs) But I I couldn't think of that for so long. And I was like, I don't want to say something shit right now. So I'm just going to wait till it comes to me. And that took till like the end of the day for it to just occur to me. I'm like, oh shit, we could write that. If Aaron's fine, then that's the final description for the podcast. And that's sorted, you know. So I'll say I was putting that off yesterday. And that was for like half a day. And I even had a nap in the day because I had to catch up sleep. So I don't know if that was
2: so you put that off because you couldn't think so you had a blank so you were like I'll just I'll just yeah. leave it because I can't think right now so that, that I suppose there is a little that was like low confidence because you didn't
0: yeah.
2: you didn't want to do it right yeah. there and then because you couldn't think of anything and that happens to me so much
0: is there anything that you're procrastinating over right now
2: there's a few things like I really hate like, like getting back in contact with people being like hi I'm still here <laughs> Give me a gig I really want one without saying that like I hate it because it's like it's so it's just disingenuous is it you know there, there's no I don't want to like hit you up like you're my mate because you're not you're a client that I want to get work from <laughs> so I think I procrastinate that a lot just because I I can read the room it's like somebody's left you on read and you're messaging them again it's like awful it's
0: are you are you slow replier to like texts? where you say you're quick. Does that come into like procrastination? Like when people are slow at replying? It just
2: depends on the situation. I'm probably too responsive. I need to like turn off my notifications on my phone because I'll like, if if you ask me something, I'll probably reply to you. Like if my phone's near me and I hate that. I hate that about our generation that we're all, but we're, t- we're too like knee jerk reaction to everything.
1: I think you should reply as soon as you can. Like That's my... That's my thing. But if you're going to reply a week later, like, come on, Like, I'm sure in that week here, you must have been like, you know, taking a dump and you had time to, you were on your phone, but you chose not to do it. That's just stupid.
2: Listen, no message is still a message.
1: (laughs) Oh, because I always
2: think to myself, I always, for, for dating, that is like, you should have that imprinted in your mind. If someone is not replying to your messages, everybody takes peace. As you've just said, most people sit on their phone and I'm sure they've had a poo since they haven't replied to you. They just have chosen. <laughs> Could that be
0: seen as exactly. negative though? Aaron's, Aaron's hurting right now. You can't, you no, can't no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm me. sorry. Oh, I've, I've got all the messages. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> and on that note, was there anything else you wanted to uh, touch on before we round up Round up the episode?
2: No, no. I, I think we definitely um, have like changed direction of everything I suggested, but I, I love that. <laughs> That's the best part of a conversation really, isn't it?
0: Awesome. So, how we uh, end off each episode is basically we have some final questions, a call out, and then a shout out. So, final questions for you. The first one is: If you had a podcast of your own, or like, say you're like on the radio, you you're on your own show, and you've had the chance to have any guest on anyone in the world, who would that guest be?
2: Oh, that's a good question. I feel like I should really. Do you know what? I would love to have interviewed Michael Jackson. I think he's fascinating and I'd kind of love to have like a cup of tea with Oprah because she's just yeah. a ledge. Like, yeah, I feel like there's like um, a couple of political figures and things I'd like to sit down with. But to be honest, I just like to strangle a lot of people. I think I'd like to sit down with Donald Trump because I'm intrigued by how much hate, do you know what I mean? Like, I, again, I find him fascinating because he's so yeah. hated and so thick.
1: I don't know
0: if he'd come on now
1: he said that. but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, The second question is, if you had to listen to one song or album for the rest of your life, what would it be?
2: So it's a great song. It's called Deepest Blue by a band called Deepest Blue. And it's like an old, like, and it just reminds me of like being on holiday with my parents whenever I was younger. And like Sunshine. And it just makes me feel happy when I watch, whenever I listen to it. And also Roger Sanchez, Another Chance. I think I love the song so much because the music video, in the music video, the girl has a massive heart, and she's like carrying it around New York, and people are horrible to her, and her heart gets smaller so she can like hold it in her hand, and then somebody shows their love again and it gets bigger again. I just think like it's so—it's oh yeah, really that's steep. One that's
1: one. steep. <laughs> when someone says holding the heart in the hand, I think of the Lowski album cover where he's ripped out his heart <laughs> <laughs> and he's holding it in his hand.
0: Third and final question. So this is actually a question we ask every guest, the same one. And that is, what has been your most memorable third wheeling experience?
2: Ah, don't know, actually, to be honest. I think I love being a third wheel.
0: That's a different uh, answer.
2: I find comfort in discomfort. Oh,
0: see, I hate that. I, I, I can't. (laughs)
2: <laughs> if the
1: situation is uncomfortable i'm like Ugh. when you say that are you trying to make the others are you finding comfort in making others uncomfortable or
2: well i would hate to be in a situation where i'm like with a couple here mm-hmm. like arguing yeah, that sounds yeah, okay, absolutely yeah. horrendous <laughs> but i enjoy making things uncomfortable
1: <laughs> or like just that's... an awkward joke in there or For something. a bit of fun yeah um uh, the next section is basically a call out slash nomination so you can nominate one or many people to hopefully be a guest on in the future
2: a girl called Daisy Bell who's another presenter. because I know you want. Would you would you prefer genuinely if the person wasn't a presenter?
0: We wouldn't mind. We do mind. Give one presenter and one non-presenter. We
2: wouldn't mind. Okay, so my friend Fat. Um and Brogan. Brogan. Okay,
0: awesome. Yeah, we'll we'll tag him when we release your episode.
2: I definitely think fat, because I think you'd love having okay. him on. Awesome. He's brilliant.
0: And last bit's a shout out. So basically anything you want to just like plug, promote. We'll put the links to to it in the in the show notes. So yeah, Catherine, anything?
2: Just want to promote myself, like go for it, because <laughs> I'm successful. <laughs> <laughs> and I think genuinely, like I've loved our discussion today, and really things we've touched on about being positive. And I think that you know, if you live a more positive life, you'll live a happier life.
1: Awesome. I hey, also did appreciate the questions as well because it's not often we have presenters on that ask us questions, and we're like. Oh shit, (laughs) need to answer. (laughs) Where was it? So my shout is going to be for another album that released also this weekend, AJ Tracy, Flu Game. Go listen to it. Some of the tracks were already out, so you would have heard some of them, but there's a good few bangers in there.
0: I'm going to shout out a couple of previous episodes we've released from presenters. So if you like this episode, go check them out as well. So Esme, who nominated Katherine and also Amber, Amber Sandu, who Hamish mentioned earlier on in the episode. Yeah, I'll put links to to each of their episodes in the description. So if you're interested, go check that out. And yeah, awesome. That's the end of the episode. Uh, Catherine, thanks so much for coming on.
2: Thank you. It was a pleasure.
0: Nice meeting you as well. And yeah, I guess we'll just all talk to you next week. All right. See you guys.
1: In a bit. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.
0: Studios my second home that's why i have it in my bedroom i really do this all on my own the shark quarry and my brother home he was here from the day one And not gonna lie he's a real one in my team there are no fake ones